Hey everyone, welcome to Simplexity, where we simplify the complexities of life and bring a little curiosity and contemplation to meaningful and sometimes difficult conversations. I'm your host, Allison Stoner. Hey friends, today we turn six episodes old. Woohoo! I hope you're enjoying the variety of guests and topics thus far. Coding across Africa, true origins of hip-hop, dissecting unconscious biases, training in Olympic mindset, creating ethical AI, and so on. My hope is that you use each interview as a springboard to dive even deeper into everything. And over time, I'm going to have follow-up conversations on social media so we can chat back and forth. With that said, I had the honor of interviewing an incredible human for today's episode, but since I recorded very early in the development process, I was still experimenting with the best way to phone in international guests. So there's quite a dip in audio clarity. However, there was no way I was going to skip sharing this conversation because you know, we break down haploid genomes and the biobanks where researchers hold your DNA and this cutting edge science that can help you take charge of your health like never before. Um, But instead of just sharing the typical conversation, I've decided that it was clearest for me to relay the conversation and then include her sound bites wherever the audio is passable. Um, I look forward to hearing what you learned this week and (laughs) better tech days ahead. Yay! Enjoy! Now, what if I said we can skip the rest of the episodes because I brought a fortune teller today who knows every characteristic about you, from physical traits to learning style to food preferences, and she's carrying your destiny on a piece of paper in her pocket. Would you want to know what happens? What if this knowledge could interrupt hardship or prevent disease and suffering? Well, our guest today is a scientifically based fortune teller who sequences the very building blocks of who you are, that is, your genome. Anuradha Acharya is an award-winning founder and CEO of Asimum Biosolutions and Map My Genome, India's pioneering personal genomics company. After obtaining her master's in physics and a second master's in management information systems, she created a company that lives at the nexus of science, medicine, and technology to help everyday people like you and me understand our health and genetic identities with microscopic precision. By now, she's worked for most of the pharmaceutical and biotech companies around the world, but her services have always begun with reaching neglected and underserved populations. Anu, thank you for being with us on the show. It's great to speak with you again. Great to uh, speak to you too, Alison, and I'm looking forward to the podcast. So your field is generating a flood of intimate information on all of us. But for those of us who are less scientifically inclined, namely myself, let's first define genomics and discuss the basic difference between genomics and genetics. A lot of people get the two confused. Genetics is the study of your actual individual genes, those precious units of inheritance and their composition and function. This includes traits like freckles and whether or not your earlobes are attached and conditions like cystic fibrosis. Genomics, on the other hand, addresses all our genes as a whole, the genome. Anu shared that the word genome contains the word om, which comes from the Greek word that means all. And interestingly, in Hindu religion, it implies the whole of consciousness and essence of all reality. So in some ways, it's viewing the organism from a broader perspective than merely what genes we inherited. 
It examines how your genes interact with each other and your environment to influence your particular growth and development. So that's why some people eat healthy and exercise their whole lives, have regular medical checkups, and then die of a heart attack at 40, while others, like my great uncle who's turning 100 in February, drink scotch, eat junk food, serve in the war, and somehow show no signs of stopping. The truth is, we live in a time when you can know yourself this well. You don't have to be in the dark about what's happening in your body and mind. Yet, sometimes I think we prefer blissful ignorance. And I get it. More awareness can be daunting. Like, once you know you have a genetic marker for a certain cancer, you can't unknow. So with that information comes empowerment, but also responsibility. One of a news doctors once asked her, what's the worst thing you can die of? Any guesses on his answer? It's kind of a trick question. He said, that of stupidity. So if you can know, you can prepare, and you can change your lifestyle and shift the course of your time and experience here. That means if 30 to 40% of cancers are preventable, then what could a news at-home genomic testing kit reveal about the adjustments you can make today to ensure your best health? Conveniently, I am your guinea pig because I took the test. My favorite part of the process is that Map My Genome provides genetic counselors alongside the detailed report to help you break down your results so you don't have to feel super overwhelmed sifting through your own DNA. I can personally vouch for her counselors. They were so kind and gentle and thorough. Um, and they showed me what foods were best and worst for my body using nutrigenomics, which is the study of the effects of food and food constituents on your gene expression. So I learned how my genetic variations predispose me to food sensitivities with gluten and dairy, and I can confirm that's true, and that I have an increased metabolic tendency to yo-yo, which means gain weight rapidly after a diet, um, more than others, and I can also confirm that I don't do short-term diets anymore. They also prescribed certain exercises. Um, they said I burn calories most efficiently in endurance-based sports versus power-based sports. So like jogging, swimming, dancing. And they even followed that up with my unique fat burning capacity, um, my muscle type and recovery time, which like completely challenges the validity of all these magazines with diet programs and weight loss recipes that know nothing about you but guarantee a transformed physique or improved health or whatever. On a more serious note, I learned that my gene sequence has the mutations that lead to a higher risk for a few kinds of leukemia, which was admittedly alarming. But I was told it wasn't grounds for panicking, and I've since been reducing my exposure to cancer-causing chemicals, hopefully. Um, thankfully, I don't smoke, which was also correlated to uh, the causation of these kinds of leukemia. But this brought me to my next question. These test results are so exact and minute, and that's so different from what I experience with primary doctors who seem to dish out vague, one-size-fits-all answers or generic prescriptions or, you know, they go through a series of misdiagnoses before figuring out the problem. So many of us are living in some state of pain, discomfort, or inner turbulence, whether it's a chronic condition or confusing symptoms, anxiety, managing an addictive personality, etc., 
How often does genomics contest our current healthcare models? Well, Anu then gave a simple example based on her personal experiences. For instance, my dad has been a, a diabetic from for several years, and he's used a prescription called metformin, which is absolutely a fantastic uh, prescription and the most commonly used medication. Just because it is the first line of medication, I think the same was given to my mom when she uh, was diagnosed fairly recently. Mm-hmm. But her conditions were actually not improving after one or two months. So I took it back to the doctor and I said, you know, maybe you should consider an alternative uh, medication. And, and basically they did that. And within a month or two, the situation completely changed. Wow. So what is healthy for each person might be slightly different. So I went to see one of my doctors and I was just chatting with him. And the first question he asked me was, you still travel as much? Yeah. You still not sleep? And I <laughs> said, why are you asking me these questions? And he said, the answer to your, your, your challenges lies in, in those kind of things. Wouldn't it be great if doctors could integrate genomics in a clinical setting? When I asked what kind of changes need to happen in healthcare so this can be used in making medical decisions, she started by saying, all our medical records, from ailments to family history, sleep patterns, what we eat, genetic information, should be pooled in one central place and accessible instantly by your doctor. Since most doctors only get a short amount of time with each patient, and they end up spending that time doing an overview analysis anyway. And I was like, duh, agreed. And then she said that the cost of sequencing, at least in India, is now about as affordable as a regular preventative health checkup. So soon, it will hopefully be a normal step in our routine visits. Until then, allow me to plug MapMyGenome. Hashtag not sponsored. Hashtag go friend. But just like the latest gadgets or, you know, when smartphones and smartwatches first entered the scene, there are always a set of people who eagerly embrace tools right away. And then some resist and never adapt and others, who you know, kind of wait for the reviews and evidence before trying it. It's the same with integrating genomics in hospitals and medical settings. Some professionals love it, some deny it, some wait till a loved one needs an alternative take to entertain it. And that means one of the biggest challenges still about making this accessible is merely creating awareness, making sure we, the general public, understand the magnitude of such an opportunity. I'll definitely talk about the shadow side of genomics and what could happen if, you know, your DNA gets into the wrong hands, but we've got other beef to discuss first. Hearing that environmental living conditions can affect our health trajectory is both angering and appealing to me, and I'll explain why. Think about the living conditions and parts of your own city and neighborhoods around the world where the air quality is dangerous, where the buildings aren't up to date with safety codes, where the environment is toxic, or certain demographics of people are at an automatic disadvantage. I'm angry thinking about the fact that if we all had a choice, no one would probably opt for these hazardous or harmful circumstances, and yet many people face elevated or disproportionate risks for disease and illness, and they have a greater chance of perpetuating imbalances just sheerly because of their surroundings. However, I also find this factor appealing because it means that there are 
so many adjustments you and I can make that are in our control. And we can educate each other as this information becomes more widely circulated without needing to seek expensive medical care, you know, that leads us to more mysteries than solutions. In terms of those daily practices and specific environmental factors, a genomics test can help you see how your body responds to exposure to technology, the temperature of where you live, the level of humidity, light cycles, and even the presence of pollution, because all of that can influence how your genes get expressed. Get this, if I can just talk about reptiles randomly for a second. Amy Ralston and Kenneth Shaw, both PhDs, wrote that research has shown that the sex of some species of reptiles is influenced by the temperature of the reptile's eggs while incubating. These observations present an apparent paradox, right? Because sex is usually regarded as being genetically, not environmentally, determined. I am so tantalized by this discovery, and I just I can't wait to see what this means for the future of human sex and reproduction. Anyways, if you want to start simple, Map My Genome has a website with very easy-to-read articles. I even saw some stuff on setting smarter New Year's resolutions according to your genome, and, you know, articles on celiac disease, pregnancy, you name it. So after this, take a peek at mapmygenome.in slash blog. We'll take a quick break and then dive back into some juicy genomic goodness. Welcome back. I'm recounting my brilliant conversation with Anuradha Acharya regarding genomics and changing the future of preventative medicine and our health. Don't worry, Anu will pop in again. Um, she's going to be telling her own story in her own words later, so stay tuned. So Anu has the hope of someday making genetic testing available for every newborn or everyone on this planet. As admirable as it is, it's also a double-edged sword because now we're talking about the issue of personal privacy. These tests collect our DNA and data, as we learned from a previous episode with Sam Stein. How do we know who to trust with our biological codes? Like, seriously, who do you trust with your biological codes? What about the potential nightmare of our information being exploited by companies and powers that be to create biological weapons or to clone us or target specific groups and discriminate. How do we do this ethically? According to Anu, there are multiple ways to keep information confidential. Most companies have strict privacy policies. Map My Genome, for example, has looked at using blockchain providers to completely keep the consumer's contact information private. Second, when consumers send their DNA, you check a box saying whether you do or do not want to have your DNA used for research purposes. You can also request that your DNA and data not even be stored. So as long as you're okay with the fact that you'll never be able to reference it in the future and get an update, they will happily destroy your DNA and data. Ooh, it's so intense. In her experience, most people are okay with giving consent because your identity and personality are never shared alongside the demographic and genetic information. Now, as for the nightmare, technology, yes, can be used for negative or positive ends. 
Most of the funding for genomics is going straight toward the eradication of diseases, and most scientists are operating in good faith for the betterment of humanity. For the set of individuals who want to misuse that power and information, we need to focus on how we regulate ourselves as humans, both on a personal side and also on policy-based government levels. Anu is confident, though, that statistically our good exceeds the bad, and I love hearing that coming from a scientist. I'm hoping for that, too. I hope regulation and policy are at the forefront of the conversation, right up there with public education. I want us to understand what the heck is happening inside us. So it's about time that I indulge my geeky side for a bit, and I would love for you to do this experiment with me. Imagine being the person responsible for collecting the DNA samples and transporting them and storing them appropriately. Like, think about dealing with the donor identification system. God forbid you get Larry from Chicago sample mixed up with Loretta from Waxahachie. If you hadn't already considered this, how are you going to keep the DNA stabilized since the samples are going to be enduring airplane pressure changes, freeze-thaw cycles, movement by heavy machinery. Also, where does the DNA go? Dun-dun-dun. Anu explained that, with my consent, my DNA is right now being held safely in a biobank. Biobanks are where biospecimens, such as your blood, surgical tissue, saliva, and urine are used by researchers. Just imagine what it's like in there. A lot of liquid. On the stabilization tip, most commercially available testing kits are now designed to withstand those temperature and environmental changes. In fact, Map My Genomes kits are stable at room temperature for more than a month after collected. And to make the process more efficient for customers in her business, namely the extractions, gene typing, and reporting, MapMyGenome has automated the entire order process with individual barcodes so everything is easy to track and find, and this allows them to process thousands, even millions of samples at once. What do our sequences look like, you ask? The craziest thing to me is that our genome, when reduced to the smallest bits, is just a series of four letters, A, C, T, G, in different combinations, which make up the written phrases and paragraphs of who you are. It's like the book of you, brought to you by the four-letter alphabet of humanity. The same way the digital code in computers is made up of a bunch of zeros and ones, our DNA code is slightly more complex. We have A, C, T, and G. Our genome is the spelled out sequence on our 46 chromosomes. In case you slept through this class in school, you have 22 pairs of autosomes, and those look the same in males and females. And then you have our individual two sex chromosomes, which differ between males and females. To go one step deeper before I come up for air, I'm going to paraphrase Henry T. Greeley, who says our haploid genome is the genome of chromosomes derived from just one of our parents. That's the haploid genome. Our diploid genome, not to be confused with Diplo, the DJ, is the full sequence of all the DNA in our cells from both parents. So haploid one, diploid two. Careful, though, the diploid is not just the haploid printed twice because our parents aren't identical. 
or at least mine aren't. <laughs> our haploid genome has about 3.2 billion base pairs. You know, all the A's, C's, G's, and T's of your book. So our diploid genome has 6.4 billion base pairs. And what's crazy to me is that genetically, 99.9% of all humans are the same. All of this variation happens within that 0.1%. Ugh, it's amazing. And speaking of the variations, there are so many terms that I'm learning from research now, like polymorphisms, insertions, deletions. But honestly, (laughs) you go research that. Um, We've gone in-depth enough for one episode, I think. Now, I want to switch gears. Anu and I chatted about her personal story and how her lineage and background actually influenced the direction of her company. I really want you to hear her in her own words, so I've left the rest of the interview in its original state. And I hope you enjoy. Listen in. I want to switch gears back to your personal story for the last few minutes. You named your DNA testing kits Genome Patri, correct? Which riffs Mm. off of Janum Patri, and that's a popular astrological birth chart in Hindu culture, if I'm correct, right? Absolutely. And yes. in your blog, from Janampatri to Genompatri, is a home for your poetry, articles, and musings, as you call it. Um, this intersection of art, spirituality, and science is a path far less traveled. <laughs> Do Janampatri and poetry hold special significance to your identity and, and how you experience life? an interesting question. Um, I think the poetry part is genetic, probably, because my grandfather, my father, my brother, uh, pretty much everybody in my family writes and speaks and rhymes. So I think there is something that comes naturally to all of us. Wow. Uh, but the, the Janam Patri piece, while there are astrologers in my family, I don't hold any rights to being an astrologer in the in the traditional way of you know looking at the moon and the stars and making sure that you know, I can predict certain things. But the reason I picked uh, the word Janampatri was the fact that, you know, if you look at trying to introduce a new concept to the average consumer, I think that was the one thing that people were familiar with. It is what people in India uh, create as soon as someone's born or at least just before they're getting married to make sure they can understand, um, you know, about their health, about who they should marry and and, uh, you know, what their fortune is likely to be and so on. So it was basically a way of being able to find that and but also make sure that they could take some corrective steps if they were not in the right position or otherwise. And it was quite interesting uh, discussion that I had with one of my uncles who is an astrologer. I said, you know, how do you decide what makes sense? You know, when, when he says, well, one of the things you tell people is to, for instance, to exercise. I tell them to go to the temple, but I tell them to go to the temple by foot. So they walk over there. Hmm. So in some ways, we are giving them the same kind of advice. You just think you are scientific and I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm religious, but <laughs> in uh, there are certain parts of it which is similar. I'm not a very religious person at all, but I do under, I do believe that all of us understand that we are here for a short period of time in this world, and it's our responsibility to make sure that you know what we are today is because of everything that someone's done before us, hmm. um, and that you know if we can do our little bit to make sure that we can advance whether it is in terms of how to respect each other, whether it's learning how to, you know, understand it from a scientific perspective or otherwise. When I think about 
science, I think about it not just as as something that you study in your textbooks, but if you can make it or integrate it with uh, with the, with the lives that people live, uh, I think it will be a lot more effective. And mm-hmm. if you can do that with genomics, if we can help people understand their own self a little bit better, they are more likely to be able to do a lot more with their lives. Mm-hmm. And I think that's ultimately the purpose of humanity. So that's our little step in, you know, in their in our journey. But uh, ultimately, we are here, you know, for the little period of time that we can help others. That's beautiful. Really well put. And how can we learn more about Map My Genome? Because I'm sure some folks listening are going to want to take the test. We do have our uh, website, mapmygenome.in. We have a blog that has a lot of content. Uh, we have uh, you know, presence on almost every social media, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, and otherwise. We are doing our bit to make sure that uh, we can write about different parts of what genomics has in everyday life. And so I hope that if anybody wants to know, can follow us on any of the channels that we have on our that are listed on our website. Thank you so much. I'll be sure to link the information in the description so everyone can find it. And uh, Anu, I appreciate you being here. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thanks, Alison. Enjoy the rest of your night. And uh, we're starting our day over here. I'm going to be awake all night. I have some calls. Oh, that sounds about right. Going back to your doctor saying to get some sleep, huh? Ah, uh, you remember. <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah, and it's, and it's documented on, on the recording, so I'm going to check in with you now in a couple months. All right, great. <laughs> well, great. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Thanks. Bye. Well, I could listen to Anu all day. She has this ability to be both warm and clinical simultaneously. And we have three takeaways that I've turned into affirmations. I'll say each twice, and then you can repeat after me in the open space. Hold on to these. Know yourself inside and out. And try repeating these at different moments in your day when you're considering your health and well-being and your process. Just imagine the transformation we're beginning as we use these mantras to empower real change in who we are. So yeah, I mean, then we'll listen to this episode a year from now and go, whoa, look where we are. So let's get started. First, I'm conscious of my decisions to help support my health. I'm conscious of my decisions to help support my health. Second, my path to health is personal and I approach it holistically. My path to health is personal and I approach it holistically. And lastly, I allow science and art to inform my understanding of the world and myself. I allow science and art to inform my understanding of the world and myself.
great. Thank you so much for joining today. We are in our infancy, so share this with your friends. Spread the word. Take a moment to rate and review the podcast if you haven't yet. Of course, I need you to subscribe so you can hear the newest episodes every week. And share with me your favorite takeaways. Uh, It's much love from me to you, and I will see you next week on Simplexity. It's anything but small talk. Peace.